0: Go for Leadership, the podcast with Daniel and Gert.
1: Hello and welcome for today's episode. My name is Daniel, and we are part of the Go for Leadership Podcast. My guest today is Patrick Parker.
0: Go for Leadership
1: Interviews. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Great to be here. Awesome. Patrick, like always, it would be great to give you a quick introduction of yourself.
0: Sure. So I'm Patrick Parker. I'm the founder and CEO of SaaS Partners.
1: Uh, focus primarily on uh, software as a service development uh, and go to market strategy. Awesome, and then uh, we already talked about that leadership is our shared passion. So maybe you can <laughs> give us a, a little bit, uh, a few or a glimpse. What does leadership mean to you personally?
0: Absolutely, one of one of my favorite subjects, very near and dear to me. Right, it's it's literally the thing that makes or breaks a company. Uh, leadership to me is is. Quite simply, the ability to motivate, encourage, and influence uh, the people that you work with and the people that you work for, uh, in order to uh, enhance their performance, in order to get the most out of them, in order to uh, meet your goals and to to
1: realize your dreams. So, um, what I've read is that you have. You have uh, a lot of experience in growing companies from, I would say, a little plant to maybe a big tree. So um, when thinking or reflecting that a little bit, what you would say are qualities um, or key success factors of leaders to, to grow, let's say, little plants into big trees? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I've done it once or twice. Um, I think the biggest thing is just understanding how to develop people, Right. Um, because at the end of the day, you're going to need to be able to to replicate your knowledge uh, onto other people so that you can replace yourself within processes so that you can grow from little startup to big company, right? The whole goal of a startup is to eventually drop that moniker of startup uh, and become a full-fledged company, right? To achieve profitability, to continue to grow and to scale. And you just simply can't do that without People, right? So it's all about finding people, developing people, mentoring people, coaching people, motivating people uh, to get the most out of them and, and to help them understand uh, and execute on your shared vision.
1: Awesome. Um, so I think also, as you said, right, developing uh, people is a, is a key aspect. So how how first did you find the right people uh, to to fulfill let's say the, the vision that you have appealed to to the to the startups or to the companies that you have been looking for? And how did you develop the people
0: Yeah, so you've probably heard this before and i've I've heard this, and I simply love it um, and it's something that that it just makes sense, right. If you find people that have the same shared passions um, and you find people that are a good cultural fit, right? The the biggest challenge in in scaling a business is maintaining that culture uh, because every time you add a a new employee, every time you add a new customer, a new vendor, uh, they're going to contribute in some way, shape or form uh, to that overall culture. So I always say that I would never hire anyone that I wouldn't drink a beer with. Um, And I sincerely mean that. Uh, If I can't carry on a conversation with you outside of of work, uh, outside of, of, you know, the day to day, then it's probably not a good fit. Uh, So I'm looking for talent. Of course, Uh, you can't run a successful company without talented people. But at the same time, if you're spending so much time building your business or in my case, building multiple businesses, you have to really enjoy and share passions with the people that you work with. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing. My approach is hire people that I like, hire people that I would otherwise be friends with uh, so that I can drink a beer with, right? Um, and then I think the, the next thing is in terms of developing people, it's really about finding what motivates those people, right? Understanding you know, what moves the needle for them, what they're passionate about, uh, what they enjoyed doing and then helping them to take ownership of those various aspects of the business uh, and then coaching them up and, and continuing to provide them with with education, with training, uh, with different skill building work uh, and just. Pouring into them, basically. Right. You want to basically take everything that you have learned, all the knowledge that you have around those specific subjects, and you want to replicate yourself out of them. Right. And I think that uh, helps strengthen the overall team uh, and it it helps move everything forward. And we've had a a ton of success doing that. We've had a a ridiculously high retention rate of 100 percent. Um, we've never had a single employee leave, right? So a lot of people, they initially come for the salary or the work, but they always stay because of the people, right? So it's so important to develop those people and to foster those relationships and to to find like-minded people because your culture is everything, right?
1: So do you think that the the retention was caused by the wrong, let's say, friendship culture or what do you think was was the key key driver to to have this high high level of retention 100% um
0: it's so funny how you you have complete strangers right every time you hire someone you're not going to know what you're going to get right but in going through the interviews and understanding kind of how people think. And a lot of what we do is, is in terms of interviews, is not just skill based, right? So we can glean a lot from the resume. We can dive down very quickly to, to understand kind of their technical aptitude. Um, but we spend a lot of focus on, you know, personality on, things that they enjoy things that they do outside of work to try and kind of gauge uh who they are and and what moves them right and so a lot of the people that that are here it's not uh unusual to see them after work hanging out downstairs there's a, a bar underneath our office right or or going out and playing basketball together or you know, doing something active because they they enjoy each other's company, right? And that's that's the kind of culture that we've built here. And I think it's it's very unique in a lot of ways. Uh, and I, I hate to use the the term family because a lot of people come from different backgrounds. Sometimes family for a lot of people can be a negative connotation depending on how you were raised, right? But we try to build that uh, inclusive atmosphere here, and it's something that um, you know we 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 take a lot of pride in. It's something that. You know, we hear feedback all the time from our customers that, hey, you guys are, number one, a, a fun group to work with, uh, but they're also surprised by, you know, how close-knit we all are. So it's, uh, it's very unique, but it, it's something that I think has is, is kind of been our secret weapon because when you have that relationship with the people that you work with, you're more likely to go above and beyond, uh, and work just doesn't feel like work, right? It just feels like having a good time.
1: I always say, if you like what you do, you are good at what you do. And if you are good at sure. what you do, you are automatically successful. Okay. And um, I think that's a, a, a quite straightforward. Um, and I, I would add to
0: that: if you if you like the people that you do it with, uh, you'll continue doing it even after. A- a
1: month, so. Absolutely. And um, do you think that also this kind of culture leads to a very high level of productivity? because I mean if if you like the people that you work with, you share passion, you share yeah. also problem solving, let's say uh, attitudes or or customer oriented attitudes, which uh, I think are key success factors, in particular, if you are a small company uh, on a scaling up business where you need to uh, convince customers, new customers to to buy your service or your product, right.
0: Yeah. Yep, absolutely, and it—it's it, something that 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 friendship, that that mutual level of respect. I mean, it keeps people on the same page, right? So it's it's very easy to to transition or or to have that translate into the actual work products that you're de- developing and delivering. So, <clears throat> you know, when you have that type of of security in your job, and you know that uh your value is is appreciated right it it makes everything else easy so it lets people kind of eliminate those boundaries where they may be more reserved and and not as willing to to kind of share ideas right uh but instead we're able to to collectively uh kind of attack that process as a group uh in a lot of cases and and we get a lot out of it, right? We get to hear from so many different unique perspectives so that we really understand what it is that we're trying to deliver, understand the best way and then come up with some really creative ideas on, on how to kind of share the messaging and stories of a lot of our clients.
1: So uh, my next question goes more into the development of the company itself, right? In um, my belief is there are each let's say growth level of a company maybe there are certain skills required at, at beginning absolutely. you need more generalists at, at the end you may need more specialists so how do you um let's say bring in those people uh, over the journey meaning to train them to develop them into their, yeah. that specialists
0: absolutely and and <clears throat> i think training is a, a huge piece of it right and so when i'm, I'm talking about replicating knowledge uh, from myself or from some of our other executives onto new employees, what that mentorship process looks like. Uh, I'm really talking about about one-on-one about knowledge sharing about uh, learning new skills self-directed study um, but just providing the resources and providing the opportunities right I think is is the biggest thing if you if you tell people that you want them to, you know, become stronger at running paid social ads. Right. But you don't give them the opportunities. You don't give them the at-bats. You don't give them the, uh, the set or the knowledge, then they're going to fail. Right. And so when you set your, your employees up for failure, ultimately they're going to be unhappy. You're going to be unhappy. Everyone's expectations aren't going to be met. So you're going to have a lot of challenges there. And, and ultimately uh, a lot of times that can lead to turnover. Right. And so, What we do uh, as we have new employees that onboard, they're always assigned a mentor. And that's always going to be specific to their functional domain. So if it's marketing, they're going to be with directors or VPs of marketing. Uh, If they're in sales, they're going to be with directors or VPs. I mean, it's the same kind of of concept uh, so that they can learn those new skill sets because Our model is a little different from a lot of companies. Uh, We operate under what's called a studio model. So we, being in the the software uh, realm, we create a bunch of new software as a service products, Uh, usually four or five a year. And every time we stand up a new company, we have new leadership. Uh, For that company, we have founders that usually co-found it with myself or some of our other executives, Uh, and then we grow and scale those companies. So in order to have those skill sets without having to try and, and go find them from scratch. Um, we put a real emphasis on developing people. That way, when we go to stand up something new, they're already familiar with the frameworks that we use, with the operating playbooks, with the go-to-market strategies and the way that we structure those and define those. Um, and so it's very easy to stand up new companies, right? So it's, it's basically a, a blueprint for quickly starting and scaling a business, right? And we've done this you know, almost 10 times now with, with great success, uh, and the majority of those companies are already doing over a million in revenue. So awesome. very, very quick growth, uh, very strong core teams. And again, it's just trying to, to further what we're doing. And that's why every new hire is so valuable, right? Because they're either going to make or break your culture. And so, you know, like I said, 100% retention rate says a lot about the, the type of, of culture that we have right now. Um, and so it, it's just trying to, to scale it up to infinity. That's the goal. Awesome.
1: Cool. I mean, I think that, that's something um, which uh, I always also say, right? Uh, uh, people make it happen, actually. People make the difference at the end. It is. So um So one question I would have is uh, by scaling or by bringing new people, sometimes what is very required is uh, strong processes, right? In, in big, large companies or enterprises, you have – uh, most likely already a defined process uh, you bring in new people say this is the process uh, if they violate the process you can uh, come up with some uh, talks but uh, actually at, at, at smaller companies you need to build up something from scratch you need to build up processes right that work and that doesn't um comply with the work to do but don't uh, bring uh, the staff or the people um or violate them by, by, by not helping them or supporting the day-to-day work. So right. how, how did you have overcome that, that challenge?
0: Yeah. So, so as a, as a scrappy startup, like we once were, it's the same thing, right? So building those processes out, a lot of trial and error, seeing what works and what doesn't work. Um, and then going, uh, kind of doubling down on, on the successful campaigns and things that we ran, successful processes that we had, um, and, and just looking to scale them out, right? So as a startup, it's, it's very important to understand how to adapt, right? Uh, the biggest thing is, like you said, you, you've got a bunch of generalists that are trying to figure it out, that are passionate about a business, trying to understand how to make everything work. And as you continue to grow and scale, a lot of that is done through client acquisition, right? So you're bringing on new clients and it's like, oh gosh, I need a, I need a process for that, right? I don't have anything in place. And then you go through that that uh, process of actually defining the process. And then the, the next thing happens, you you continue to scale, you continue to grow, you continue to bring on new clients. Uh, and it, it's just iterative, right, in nature. So I go through it once, I go through it 10 times, I go through it 100 times. By the time I've, I've accomplished that, I've got a well-oiled machine, I've got a clearly defined process, and I've got something that I can hand over. Uh, to kind of the, the next in line, the next people that are coming up through the ranks so that they understand. And then they're also getting the added benefit of, of seeing those processes being executed, right, which I think is extremely important. Uh, having experience, helping out uh, in kind of an associate capacity, uh, and then kind of developing that, that expertise and experience over time right? There's nothing like doing something to actually gain the experience, right? You can hear about it, you can read about it, you can watch someone do it all day, but until you actually go through the motions, right, you don't have that same level of of internalization, I think. And so that's the importance of of mentors, that's the importance of, of teammates helping you through the process. Uh, being collaborative in nature and, and giving you room to to fail and to screw it up and uh, not punishing you for it, right? Not yelling at you, not uh, you know, no expletives and none of the other fun stuff. So it, it's just uh, <laughs> encouragement, motivation, and uh, and uh, goodwill.
1: I, I like that because you you try to invent something what has never been done before, right? So mm-hmm. there will be mistakes. Um, so one, one thing that I would be also very interested in is uh, to switch gears a little bit. I mean, you also coach and train other CEOs of startups how to, sure. let's say, to grow fast. So one thing that I would be interested in is uh, what what keeps them awake at night uh, where where you coach or support them? So
0: there's there's so many different things that uh, that keep them awake at night, right? And a lot of times it, it does come back to people. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a leadership problem, right? It's I've got so-and-so that's underperforming. I've got this person that didn't deliver the, the level of quality that I wanted. I've got this person who maybe had a bad day or has stuff going on at, at home. There's a lot of stuff around just Finding the right people, I think, is the, the biggest thing because a lot of first-time CEOs, a lot of first-time founders, they don't have the generalist skill sets, right? They'll be very specialized in something that they do, and they may be world-class at it, right? But in terms of running a business and in terms of making those key hires, um, if you look at a lot of, a lot of the, the coaches that I, uh, I mean, a lot of the CEOs that I coach, they are technical founders, Right. And so some of the other soft skills around running a business, how to identify a good VP of marketing or a good CMO and at what level to do it. Some of those questions they're just not familiar with. They're very good at building products, but the actual marketing sales operations and all the other domains that go along with it, they're not so well versed. Right. So a lot of what I do is is take these frameworks and these playbooks that we've developed uh, after launching. A number of successful companies and after working with you know literally hundreds of of other founders um is just to help them go in and implement uh help them to understand which tasks actually drive value for their company right so that they're not wasting time on on activities uh that they're not going to see an roi on right how do you move the needle how do i get from this stage to the next whether that is from pre-seed to seed, whether that's seed to series A, because as I always tell them, like what got you here won't get you there. Right. And so as you're kind of saying, and, and I completely agree with this, you hire generalists at first, you hire people that can wear a bunch of different hats and that, that have a passion for the work. But then as you move up, Right. Then you've got to have those specialists. You have to have people that that understand uh, how to operate at an extremely high level, that are highly specialized in, in a number of different functional domains. And so that's the uh, the approach that I take usually with working with it. Um, it's usually a step by step process uh, that's been proven out uh, a number of times or a number of different industries. And there's certain tasks and activities that regardless of what industry you're in, you um, they're going to be the same. Right. And so we focus a lot on that. We focus a lot on, on just moving the needle, right. And, uh, how to gain traction in the business. So a lot of that is, is operational and then the rest of it, which at the end of the day is
1: all leadership. Awesome. So if you work with so many leaders that, that have a passion for innovation and for driving business successfully, what do you think are they lacking most or what skills uh, would be required, let's say, to make them even more successful?
0: I think the biggest one that I see lacking is empathy, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's so funny because a lot of people, especially early stage entrepreneurs, you know, as I said, they're very good at building product or they're very good at the ideation process and, and understand what they want that to look like. A lot of them have no experience managing people. They have no experience leading people, right? So I, I think that's the biggest curve, right? Because it's it's very different going from solopreneur to entrepreneur, right? To having a team, to having to grow that team. And then as your business scales to having to, to grow that. And so I kind of liken it to, um, to slaying dragons, right? At each different stage that you're going to have, uh, that your company gets to, the problems are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, right? And so it, it's really the ability to go out and to fight those battles and to slay those dragons that makes successful entrepreneurs, right? And so a lot of that is around mindset, which is, is something that, that we spend a lot of time on from a leadership development perspective, right? So how can I prepare myself? How can I educate myself? How can I equip myself with these skills that are going to let me go out and slay these
1: dragons? I like that. Um I mean, switching gears again a little bit into your uh, journey itself, Uh, when you remember uh, back the time when you started your career as a young entrepreneur or a young leader, I mean, with all the different leaders you have uh, experience of, uh, growing companies, growing businesses, supporting businesses, what would be a little Patrick um, advice you would give? Mine, go for it. I, I
0: think so many entrepreneurs, they don't think big enough. Um, and so a lot of times it's, it's more around, okay, I've got an idea for a product. Okay. You can't stop at what your idea for the product is, right? You have to really understand what's next. How do you move up in that value ladder that, that you're offering to customers, um, to to provide the ultimate benefit. Right. And so once you have that identified, um, I think that's the biggest thing. So I, I think a lot of a lot of people think small. And I think the other thing is a lot of people think too much, right? And so it used to be, you know, give me a business plan and I'll review it, right? That, that used to be the old way of thinking. I've never created a business plan in my life. Um, and I've got, you know, too many seven-figure and eight-figure businesses to count. But it's one of those things where if you don't get started you don't start, building that momentum, um, you're never going to accomplish anything. So many people, they want to get all the details finely tuned. But what happens is four or five, six years go by. Somebody else flying by the seat of their pants launched a product. That product is now capturing market share and there's nothing you can do about it. right? And so I think a lot of people need to spend less time focusing on all of the details and perfecting everything uh, before launching their offer, before launching their product, right? Spend more time with your customers, understanding how you can help one customer and then scale it out from there, right? A lot of it is just trial and error and failure is acceptable, right? It sucks, but it's acceptable, right? And that's where I've learned some of my greatest lessons in life. I've learned more from my failures than I ever have from my successes, right? Those are the things that you take into the next battle with you and you're armed with that knowledge so you can identify those patterns or those obstacles and you can steer clear of them, right? Or in some cases, just hurdle them. Go for leadership. The podcast with Daniel and Gert.
1: Perfect, Patrick. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Absolutely, Daniel. It's been a pleasure.
0: Go for Leadership, the podcast.